Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. The following program was previously broadcast. Today we're uh, here in Southern California and uh, came across a guest at a common location uh, at the Creation and Earth Science Earth History Museum here in Santee, California. But uh, uh, you're not exactly uh, involved on the university at this time. <laughs> you're involved with the university. I'm definitely involved uh, with the university. My guest is uh, Mark Armitage, and uh, he was with Cal State uh, Northridge yes. until uh, not too long ago. So uh, you were uh, doing some research that uh, didn't uh, went against the grain at the, at the university. Apparently it did. Tell us a little bit, first of all, about your ba background and okay. what kind of uh, research that you were involved with, and okay. then what happened. Okay, I'm what you call a microscopist. That's a microscope scientist. I've been in microscopy for about 30 years. I started my career at the University of Florida working in a neurosurgery department. We use mm. surgical microscopes right. to teach neurosurgeons how to do brain surgery. And from there I was hired by Car uh, Carl Zeiss to represent that company in the South Florida and the Caribbean because I grew up in the Caribbean, speak fluent Spanish. And uh, then I went to a career with Olympus and then in 1984, a company called Reichert moved me from the East Coast out to Los Angeles. Um, I worked with them for some time, but they went bankrupt, so I started my own microscope company. But uh, after several years of doing that, I decided I wanted to go back and get a graduate education. So I got two graduate degrees. One was actually here in this building down here in Santee. Okay. I got my master's degree in biology uh, with emphasis in parasitology and electron microscopy under Dr. Richard Lumsden, who was the uh, dean of the graduate school at Tulane University. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he was chairman of the biology department here at ICR before ICR closed up shop and moved to Dallas. Right. So I got my master's degree here, mm -hmm. and then I went to Liberty University and got a post-master's in science education. Um, I've done a lot of publication over the years. I think I have about 40 publications in both secular and uh, creationist journals. And I used to call on CSUN as a microscope vendor. Right, and, and CSUN uh, is? California State University Northridge in Northridge, right. California. And uh, one day I was there and they said, you know, they heard about my uh, electron microscopy experience because I've been publishing in electron microscopy. And they said, you know, we have an open position. We have a brand new uh, science building here, about a 25, 35 million dollar building. The top floor is a whole suite of rooms that we want to turn into an electron microscopy uh, suite. And so they invited me to throw my hat in the ring. I did. When I interviewed, I gave full disclosure about my creationist publications. But they said, you know what? Your skills override all of that. Mm, so right. you come on in and, and set up the laboratory. And I did. I installed electron microscopes, confocal microscopes, a whole suite of instruments. It was probably about a $2 million lab by the time I was done with it. Right. And then I began training. I ran the lab, I trained students, both graduate and undergraduate, and I trained professors. Incidentally, the door to my suite of laboratories had an Omnicode lock on it with the numbers that you have to punch in. Very few people got that number, and the department decided only the people who passed my training would be given the number and allowed, right? yeah. Yeah, allowed access. Mm -hmm. So that, that ruffled some feathers mm -hmm. in the department, as you can imagine. It gets okay. very political sometimes. Sure. But um, but I was invited to, to publish. The uh, One of the department members was an editor for Acta Histochemica, a very famous 
journal that's uh, with Elsevier Group. They've been publishing since the 1600s, so I think these guys know what they're doing. But he kept saying, Mark, submit a paper, submit a paper. Mm -hmm. right. Well, I got invited to go on a dinosaur dig uh, in early 2012, and we found the largest Triceratops horn ever recovered at the Glendive uh, Basich Ranch right. in the Hell Creek Formation. Now, has this been anything like anything you'd done before, a no, dinosaur dig? No, I'd never been okay. on a dinosaur dig, and I wanted desperately to go. But I was intrigued by all the furor created by the soft tissue discoveries in T-Rex leg bones. I thought, wow, they're microscopists. I'm a microscopist. I'm going to go try to find this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we did. We found this Triceratops horn, and it was loaded with tissue. Mm. In fact, it was it was stunning because the, it, the, the horn was broken into several pieces. It was riddled with plant roots. Mm. It had fungus in it. Who knows how many countless microbes and insects. So right. when we first collected it, I thought, we're not going to find anything here. Sure. It was loaded. In fact, it found, wow. we found soft sheets. I don't know if you've seen the stretchy film mm -hmm. that I show, but we were stretching this under the microscope. Mm -hmm. Then we thin sectioned it, and we found all kinds of bone cells in there. So uh, it created no small amount of controversy right. in the department. Now, even for some of our listeners, uh, most people are not even aware that they found soft tissue in, in dinosaur fossils. But it was in the early 2000s, around 2000, that, that they first discovered, right? Actually, the, it goes back to the mid-60s. Oh, okay. It's well. been in the literature since the mid-60s. Right. Roman Pauliki from a university in Poland, Krakow, has been talking about soft dinosaur tissue since the 60s. So this has been in the open scientific literature, but the general public has not been told. Why? Because this is a powder keg. This is a dynamite with a lit fuse that's about to blow evolution out of the water. Look, if soft tissue in the dinosaur fossils is the norm, which is what I'm predicting, they say creationists mm. don't make predictions. Well, I'm out on a limb here. I'm saying this is the norm in the fossil record. If that's true, then they can't be old. They right. have to be young. If they're young, the earth is young. If the earth is young, Genesis is suddenly a believable account of history. Amen. And then right. you could preach the gospel. You can get to the gospel in 60 seconds after telling someone, I went on a dinosaur dig. <laughs> it's fascinating. Right. Well, in 60 seconds, tell us how you would do that to well, share the gospel. I, I pretty much told you everything <laughs> right up to the point of Genesis being believable history. Right. If Genesis is believable history, if it's real history, then there was an original man and an original woman that were handmade by God, not from the other animals. They did not descend with modification like Darwin said. Right. They were handmade by God, placed in a perfect garden with no sin, no decay, no death. And what happened? Sin entered the world. And it ruined everything. And, and so God cursed Adam and Eve with death. Now, if death had always been there, if Adam was used to seeing dead organisms laying on the ground, he would have looked at God and said, what's wrong with you, God? You're cursing me with death? I know I'm going to die. Right. No, there was no death before he cursed Adam and Eve with death. And that allowed Jesus to come and be a substitutionary death for us. As a perfect Lamb of God, he could die in our place, save us, because we can't save ourselves. We're dead in our sins. So if you allow millions of years before Adam and Eve, you allow millions of deaths, and that erases the whole meaning of the cross and the gospel. Right. Because death comes with sin, yes, and the consequence of man sinning, not the other creatures. Right. The, the world was very good, and yes. man sinned, and death came 
and then we needed everything. a savior yeah, and jesus is savior. that savior amen all right so but you were doing these uh this is a dinosaur dig yes and you found this triceratops horn yes. and soft tissue yes and uh, it got you in trouble you it said it got me in trouble um again i was asked to do research i was encouraged to do research uh, I was encouraged to publish my findings, and so I went in early to mid uh, s spring, late spring 2012 to Glendive, Montana, found the horn, brought it back, discovered all this soft tissue in it, and then the word started getting around the department. Uh, everybody was excited about my find. It got written up in the school biosphere, the department biosphere newsletter. One of my pictures made the cover of American Laboratory, and that was touted in the department. And uh, I remember it clearly. There was a day in June. I had just finished training an undergraduate student in my lab. He went across the street back to his lab. And 10 minutes later, bam, 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 there was a pounding on my door because a professor out there who did not have the code to get in my lab was banging on the door trying to come in. I opened the door. He burst in. He stuck his finger in my face. And he said, we're not going to tolerate your religion in this department mm. and none of your creationist projects either. Right. And the first thing I said was, I think that's a federal crime. I don't think you can do that, number one. Number two, what, Ernie, is unscientific about soft tissue and dinosaur bone? Mm -hmm. In other words, how sure. is that a religion? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I mentioned it to my supervisor. I actually wrote him an email and said, this just happened, right. and you need to be made aware of it. And nobody ever did anything. They came up to my lab, and they said, don't worry about it. In fact, the words out of my supervisor's mouth were, Mark, you're doing such a great job. I don't care if you're a druid. You keep doing what you're doing. Right. We're with you. Well, mm. I should have made an issue out of it because that professor who wagged his finger in my face ended up becoming my supervisor. The day my paper was published online uh, on the soft tissue and triceratops horn, which was a world first discovery. Right. That was a world first. Mm. Normally, that would promote a professor sure. into a higher position in the department. The day that my paper was published online, they met in secret on a committee that I served on. They told the secretary, don't tell Mark, and they determined in that meeting to terminate me. Mm. And a week later, I, I was told, you're going to be terminated. And a week after that, I got my two weeks notice. Mm. Now, I had been there 38 months. Right. I was always called a permanent part-time. They couldn't afford me for full-time. So I worked two 10-hour days, but I was permanent. I had all the salary and benefits, uh, medical benefits, dental, vision, uh, long-term disability, uh, retirement. And I had the old CalPERS system, not the new slim down version. I had mm -hmm. the nice Cadillac version, right. and they don't give that to a temporary employee. Yeah. So it was a ruse. They, they wanted to get rid of me. Uh, they recognized how explosive this information is, soft tissue and dinosaur bone, and they had to throw me away because it goes against their paradigm. Right. And it was winning over the students. Mm, tremendous. Well, uh, this is persecution for the faith, and we're seeing it uh, all across the country. Yes. And, and our ministry promotes uh, praying for the universities because the, many of them were started to promote the Christian faith, uh, That's and right. uh, now they're uh, hostile to it. And yes. uh, things like what happened to you are happening. Uh, All over the country. Uh, 
can classes canceled at Ball mm -hmm. State University, mm -hmm. Lehigh University, because of someone holding not only creationist but intelligent design wow. positions. Yeah. And uh, the film, of course, expelled uh, yes. about a decade ago. Now uh, talked about mm -hmm. uh, how you know this hurts your career. Yes. And yet it's you know you're, what you're saying is this is good science that you're doing, and yes. yet getting uh, consequences because it fits the Bible picture. Yeah, this paper was published in a peer-reviewed journal, a very highly respected journal that in fact published some of Pauliki's papers back in the 60s. And when the editor got my paper, he called me and he said, Mark, this is controversial. And I said, yes it is. Okay, thanks. And they fast-tracked it. It was, it was accepted for publication in less than 30 days. And that's after reviews. So the, it went through review, we made the corrections, and right. it was accepted, and then a month later it was published. So they recognized how important it was, and they published it right away. So it is open season on Christians and creationists. There's an interesting scripture that says, uh, the wicked freely strut about when what is evil is honored among men. And we're seeing that, I think, more and more in our country. These, these folks are emboldened in their behavior. They believe that they have the right now to discriminate freely. And it, and it is religious and free speech discrimination against me. And that's why we're suing the university, we're taking them to court, and we're gonna stand hopefully in a court of law and point out that I complained to my supervisors that I've been discriminated against, nothing was ever done, and we'll see what a jury says. Well, we'll encourage our listeners to be praying for you, you. and uh, actually for the whole Cal State uh, University system. I understand, uh, along with your uh, case, another issue has come up of the exclusion of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship on yes. all the Cal State University campuses, uh, 23 campuses, I understand, in the Cal State system, and uh, now those organizations are no longer uh, accredited as uh, student organizations on campus simply because they expect their leaders to hold the beliefs of the organization right. and again not a very sound footing to stand on but it is uh, happening more and more and you're mm -hmm. just another illustration of that well god bless you my guest has been mark armitage and uh, with micro specialist and we're thankful to, for you to join us today on the lion's den university report you have been listening to the lion's den university report if you would like more information about the christian life or would like to contact the lion's den or one of the guests please write us at the lion's den post office box 226 mifflinburg pennsylvania 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com